What is up, Carl? I'll invite you on up here. Let's get this this meta mind started. And there's Drew. All right, come on up, guys. Hello, hello. What's up? How's Long it going? time no talk. Great, great. And I hope you uh, had a great week since our our awesome call that we had last week. And Drew is back with us. Uh, you know, Drew, welcome back to reality after you know being out in the middle of nowhere with fishing and you know enjoying all of that the wilderness has to offer. What is up? Yes, it was amazing. It was uh, it was definitely a nice reset for myself. And um, you know, at first I was a little, I was getting a little anxious about the lack of cell service out there, but it ended up being pretty awesome at sometimes. I mean, of course, sometimes you just want to be able to to go on your phone and mess around a little bit. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was honestly really refreshing to just take a couple of days and and not worry about you know getting back to people right away and. Uh, just taking some time for yourself and obviously um, kind of like where you are in Colorado, um, Montana, like the scenery was unbelievable. And so we actually even took a full day trip to uh, Yellowstone and uh, we saw some of the uh, the amazing natural wonders like Old Faithful and um, we saw some bears and wolves. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a really awesome trip and uh, I look forward to, to going back as soon as I can, to be honest. Um, we had a, a family friend who actually does these you know, he's an outfitter, so he does these fishing guides. And so uh, he was able to, in a two-day period, take us to like, really some of the best spots in the world to trout fish. And uh, it was an unbelievable experience. And uh, it was definitely good to just, just be out there in nature. And even the place we were staying at was an Airbnb. Um, that was really a, it was kind of like a holistic retreat type of uh, center, uh, which was really interesting. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect. But uh, we have like composting toilets, uh, just to give an example of, of the way that we were living for a couple of days. But um, it was really nice. And you had to hike, you had to hike like 6,000 feet in elevation to get any cell service at all. So if we did want to go out and check out emails or send a few texts out, uh, we had to get at least a little bit of a hike in. But uh, other than that, it was, a, it was a great, great experience. I uh, I definitely hear you there, Drew. It, it, I'm up here in Steamboat Springs, and it is, I call it my happy place because I, I try and come up here as often as I can because it completely resets me. I mean, it's not anywhere near as kind of uh, uh, <laughs> rugged as what you were just uh, experiencing in Montana. I mean, I'm still like staying in a, a condo with running water and <laughs> everything. But I for me, like I tried journaling. I tried um, you know, a lot of different ways to kind of reset and getting outside and, and shutting away from internet. It's, it's, it really fuels me and, and helps me kind of recharge my batteries. Um, you know, I do social media for, for a living and this is definitely, uh, the best way for me to kind of recharge my batteries and, just uh it's amazing what being outside and being active can can do for you so um with that being said why don't we why don't we get into tonight's win at life metamind yeah let's uh let's do it and uh drew uh although you wanted to get back on the phone i i just listening to you made me feel like i should be out in nature and i know darnell who's here too uh, he just spent a few days in nature, like you said, recharging. Uh, and maybe that's actually part of the conversation that we're having today as um, this motto of winning at life is something that uh, all of us here are looking to embody. And I guess it's 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 defining what winning looks like and um, specifically what it looks like in our own personal lives. Uh, when I when I hear your story there, Drew, it sounds like you you just won the week last week you, you were hanging out with your dad you were fishing on the river in nature recharging i mean <laughs> that's, that sounds like a win totally totally and uh yeah no there's just something about being out there um i don't know it's like it was just it was very very relaxing and it was actually the first um the first time i've ever waited um in, in the river and so uh, we were totally outfitted, so we have these you know, neoprene waders on to go up to your chest. And uh, Carl, you can just like be in the water, and like we didn't even we caught nothing. I caught one fish while waiting, but 
just something about being in like the middle of a running body of water and like you can feel how cold it is and uh you know you're just sitting there and, and actually most of the time i wasn't even fishing i was just kind of just there just just uh breathing as darnell says and uh it was great man it was it was really great but like you said um i did feel like i, I won and uh which is fascinating because like a lot of my life is is one in the uh in the digital digital advertising and the, the online space and so um I think part of the conversation today for me is also the mindset, right? So going into the week and telling myself, well, first of all, I'm really grateful to have great people around me to kind of pick up the slack so I could take time off like that um, in a variety of different businesses. But um, being able to go spend that time with my dad and kind of having that mindset going into it where it's like, you know, I'm not going to worry about all this stuff. I'm, I'm just going to try to really unplug and just, you know, spend some good quality time with him and, um, and some of the friends and family that we're able to, to take the trip with. And so, you know, this whole conversation, uh, of course, there's actions and there's habits, but uh, there's also a mindset when it comes to winning at life. And I think I had the right mindset going into this week. And uh, that definitely helped kind of, uh, you know, have everything go smooth and and uh, just try to make most of my time and, and be present uh, as much as possible during that week. And so, uh, Carl, yeah, no, I think... Uh, you're somebody, you're somebody, I, I was actually thinking about you a ton. I feel like you would thrive in, in nature. And I see, I see a lot of your videos where it looks like you're just in these like remote places hiking. Um, and so I'm sure you take some time out for yourself and, and get out in nature every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it feels great. And I, I live in, I live south of San Francisco now, but uh, I, the videos that you were alluding to, most of those were shot in San Francisco in the Presidio. Uh, which is a park for those who uh, aren't familiar with the city, that it feels like you are in a very remote location, but you're smack in the middle of uh, San Francisco. And uh, yeah, you, you get the beautiful coastline and this is incredible. So yeah, uh, nature is definitely recharging and re-energizing. And, and uh, I think something that we should all be plugging into uh, just on a regular basis. And maybe Darnell can speak more to it. He was just out in nature. Uh, but as we're hanging out here, uh, I see Mary B and Coach B are here too. Hello. What's up, everybody? Drew, welcome back. We missed you. We're glad uh, you were able to recharge those batteries. And, um, um, you know, just I think those moments are really key. I, I don't know when I've ever had those moments recently. Hopefully I'll be able to take some. But, um, yeah, that's um, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to unplug. I remember I had one of one of uh, our hockey players one time in, I was trying to get in touch with him in the off season. And he's like, he's like, coach B, he's like, I just unplugged. He's like, he's like, I want to go off the grid. He's like, I don't need, he's like, anybody who needs to know me can find me. Um, if they don't need me and it's not an emergency, then I don't need them. And uh, it was interesting. He was kind of, he wasn't like a necessarily like a nomad, but it was an interesting concept. And that was like five, six years ago, but he just kept saying, he's like, coach B, I'm going to go off the grid for the weekend. He's like, he's like, He's like, if you need me, he's like, text Connor and his brother plays for the Bruins now. But he's like, he's like, reach out to Connor if you need me. But welcome back, welcome back to the grid. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's amazing. It's good that he creates that space for himself. But uh, yeah, one thing that was really interesting, Coach B, I thought, you know, because I feel like on the day to day, if I go like two or three, maybe four hours without hopping on Twitter, I feel like I'm I'm just missing out on so much and so much information or trends or updates. Um, Something really fascinating for me is I went this whole, I pretty much went Saturday to Saturday without really plugging into Twitter and um, <laughs> I was totally fine. You know, Drew, you should just, things... Drew, you should just come and visit me. Um, I'm never on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, it, it was, it was so like, for me, it was just like, man, I just went a week and I don't feel like, I feel like, I don't feel like I missed out on so much. And so, um, I don't know, it was, it was kind of a, it was a good, good mind shift for me to realize, hey, you know, you can, you can leave for a little bit and come back and everything's going to be okay. But, um, yeah, it was funny. I was just telling Allison, who's down in the audience, I was telling her today earlier that, that her and Fanzo that were on, uh, we were on a meeting earlier. I was just like, I think I popped onto Twitter when I had a little bit of service going into a city and I saw somebody tweeting about how we're going on a bull, <laughs> like a bull market NFTs. And I was like, I really need to go check my stuff and uh, end up losing service like literally 30 seconds later. So I wasn't able to check it, but I kind of just trained myself to, you know, whatever happens, happens and I'm going to be okay. But uh, yeah, it is really interesting because I've been for almost a year, like really, really plugged into Twitter without it. I've never taken that much time off from, uh, from social. And so uh, it was definitely a, an awesome reset, but 
But yeah, hopefully Darnell can pop up here too and speak a little mm. bit because I know that he, like you said, Carl, he uh, he recently took some time off and and uh, I think it was at some kind of camp or clinic. But, uh, but yeah, Mary B, what's up with you? Hey there, Mary Beth Sal is here. Welcome back, Drew, and congrats on having a very long time without Twitter. That's that's impressive. So um, yeah, that that really is winning. So and thank you so much, Meta Athletes. Uh, is that Who's behind? Is it Katie behind the profile? And Carl and Coach um, for having me. But welcome back. Glad to be here. Yeah, I guess I probably should have said who I was, huh, Mary Beth? Um, but yeah, it is Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it is Katie today. But yeah, great seeing you up here again. Well, um, yeah, it's it's good to be back on Twitter on Mondays. <laughs> Thank you, MetaMind. Um, you know, thinking about this whole win at life model that we were we were talking about last week a little bit, but um, now we're fully embracing it. And I used to have this mindset coach that uh, would have me uh, journal. And uh, at the time, uh, I was in the CrossFit space, and in CrossFit, there's this thing called an AMRAP, which is as many rounds as possible. And uh, this mindset coach in particular would uh, make me journal, and uh, specifically, he would call it an AMWAP, and it was as many wins as possible. And at first, I thought it was so silly, but uh, once I started doing it, I realized that I would start with the big wins, or that which I thought was a big win, and then eventually, it would narrow down to the most essential components of life. And when I saw the most essential components of life as wins, my life started to transform. And this is something that we kind of talked about last week when it came to uh, developing self-worth. When you realize how much you're actually winning just by uh, waking up in the morning, having access to a piece of technology like your phone that gives you access to uh, a platform like Twitter, being able to connect with people that you've never met in real life, but you have connected with here, uh, being able to develop careers, uh, produce something that is also financially viable and that allows you to grow your personal life, shape your lifestyle. I mean, uh, you start to realize how impactful uh, the the small things or that which we consider to be the small things in life are. And when you live in that state of integrated appreciation, and integrated meaning where it's part of how you operate, and appreciation meaning the increase of value over time, life feels very special. And I think one of the, the initiatives that we're, we're really starting to lean into with Meta Athletes is how can we embody uh, the small wins and how can we translate the appreciation that comes from those wins into building anything that we want with other people that we care about and uh, positively impact others? And I think this is something that is going to be very unique to the Web3 space, how it's happened. And I'm, I'm excited that we're, we're in this position together. And I, I frankly have no clue how it's going to pan out. But my sense is that we're we're heading in the right direction. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? How are you guys feeling about this? Um, I think it was awesome. I think we had some breakthroughs as a as a team last week, and it's nice to be able to share them with some people within the community too. About um, you know trying to go through our mission and vision of and what meta athlete, what it means to be a meta athlete, and what it means for us as a as a team to be able to try to best help and service um, everybody within our community. But it's, um, it was really a breakthrough, I think. And I think we, we caught some steam and I think, I, I know I am excited about trying to continue building um, and really honing in on the core. I always think it like, a, like an onion, like, like honing in on the core of it, like our big rocks and then, build out layers from there but uh the concept of winning at life i think is it embodies everything that of everybody up on stage that we we talk about and we preach and we really kind of live by within our motto within our own different realms that we're able to work in and um and i think that's what everything should be about is trying to celebrate small successes like we always want to do big things like 
uh, like win a championship, but you, you can't win a championship like today, but you can take a step towards it. And, and you have to celebrate small successes, whether it be um, being consistent with the sleep routine or being consistent with your training habits or being consistent with the intent that you have in the gym or being consistent with your nutrition and just trying to recognize those small wins along the way because they really do add up. And when you have a community around you that helps you celebrate those small little wins, it, it becomes contagious and then starts to snowball into an avalanche and you're able to accomplish a lot of things. So I'm really excited about what we're doing and what the team's doing about trying to create and build that the mission so that we can find the right people who want to who want to win at life. And that should be about everybody. Yeah, well said. Well said. And I think this is where uh, things get interesting because uh, we have a pretty diverse community and group of people with uh, different backgrounds and expertise. And I think once we are able to orchestrate uh, sharing that expertise uh, with with our holders and everybody who shows up at the MetaMinds here on Mondays and everybody who is uh, to to some degree connected to meta-athletes, uh, some very meaningful changes are going to begin to happen. And something that I work on with uh, my mentorship group or my my coaching clients is I, I tend to um, uh, guide them through a process. And, and I'll share this with, with the audience because uh, everybody listening right now, if you're if you are a holder of meta athletes, this is what you will get access to uh, through myself, uh, Drew, Coach B, uh, Darnell, uh, Katie, uh, to some degree. So I, I thought I would share the the first thing is we we work on developing awareness through silence, and this is what uh, Darnell has been working on with his morning meditations which is just the creation of space. It's noticing, becoming aware, and realizing that within your awareness, uh, there's a lot happening, and uh, there are a lot of feelings and thoughts, but you're none of that. Thus, you are something else. And the question is, what are you? And this kind of leads to these existential questions, but uh, they don't have to be scary. They don't have to be confusing. They can be very simple. They can just be what they are. And then from that point of silence, starting to move. This is motion. And the movement can be something as simple as noticing one's breath. Just the breath coming in, the breath falling out. And when you start to notice the breath, you realize that your 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 breathing is the um the access that you have to your uh, emotional self, your uh, cognitive self, your physical self, and thus to your experience. And once you've gone through this stage of silencing, allowing yourself to simply sit with what is right now, noticing your breath, noticing that you can control your breath and that your breath influences your state of being, now you can start to move into a state of expression. You can start to move outward. And a very subtle, simple, but powerful form of expression is journaling, writing. And this is something that I encourage everybody to do, to keep a journal where they can just allow their ideas to come through. And what happens is that as you start to write, you begin to funnel this a uh, cascade of thoughts that you have in your mind that seem super chaotic to now funnel through a set of rules and standards. And, and the rules and standards are those that allow you to write. This, this, is, this could be called English. <laughs> this is a code. It has some grammar. It has some structure. It has uh, a shape that it creates as it's being written out. And this movement is a very precise movement that comes from a chaotic place. And what, what, what do we begin to see here? We begin to see the most fundamental uh, organizational structures and something that we're doing as, as uh, an organization, as a group of people that uh, are working together around meta-athletes is we're organizing ourselves. We're taking the complexities of the human experience and we're organizing ourselves for what? Well, so that we can share some meaningful uh, information that can be of value, of utility to people. 
And then once you got that writing, and this is something that I continue to encourage people, then I suggest it's time to start moving your body. This is exercising. This is uh, your fitness practices. This is playing games. This is getting physical. And the reason is because we believe, meta-athletes, that movement is the most basic form of communication. This is the way that we express ourselves at the most fundamental level. And through movement, we can influence thinking, we can influence uh, emotions, and we can also influence that which we create. And that leads to the fourth stage or level of a progression that I, I tend to work on with my, my, uh, my students is now entering uh, the stage of creativity. It's tapping into that which you're capable of producing. And uh, that's meta-athletes. That is uh, um, a, a, a work of art. It can be anything. It can be uh, a discipline that you're developing. It can be a new practice. It can be anything, but doing it from a creative place. And ultimately, with the intention of uh, meeting a basic need or a need that can allow uh, a group of people to uh, further enhance their experience. For example, uh, this is something that I really appreciated from uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, he had this uh, interview, this was probably in the 80s, where they were asking him about uh, his computer company. Uh, and he said, no, 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 I'm, I, we don't have a computer company at Apple. This is, this is a tool company. And they said, well, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, there was a study done on uh, locomotion. And they were studying the, the efficiency of how well an animal moved from point A to point B. And apparently the condor, uh, the bird, came out number one with a high degree of margin. And the human came out uh, very low on, on the list. Uh, it wasn't that efficient and effective at moving from one position to another. But then they did that test again. They did that experiment again, but now with the human on a bicycle. The human was riding a bike from point A to point B. And that way, the human came out number one with a greater degree of margin than the condor had in respect to uh, the rest of the group in the previous test. And this is where Steve Jobs said, we build tools like the bicycle that allow the human experience to be enhanced. And I believe that what we're doing with the utility at Meta Athletes is that we're helping people, we're helping you, anybody who uh, chooses to be a holder, we're helping you find the tools that are accessible right now at your fingertips, that are at your disposal in this moment to enhance your experience. And this is so that you can win at life. And that may be making more money. That may be having a successful company. That may be uh, developing higher degrees of leadership. That may be winning a championship. It's whatever you choose for that winning to be. And that's what we are going to be here for. And I'm excited about it. And it's something that resonates and uh, sounds like a challenge that I'm, I'm willing to take. And I'm, I'm just, I'm excited that I'm surrounded by people like everybody here uh, that are willing to do the same thing. Uh, and I would love to hear from, from others. Uh, yeah. What, what, what resonated with you as I shared this and uh, where you are in, in your process of development within the meta athletes uh, ecosphere. Yeah, I'll hop in here, Carl. First of all, I love that story. I think that that's a, it's a great uh, explanation of what we're building. Um, and uh, I just saw things that popped in here too. And, and we see this all the time, you know, especially in the NFT space is, um, you know, there's just not a lot of like strong thought process, intention, business building. And, um, you know, when, when you were speaking, I couldn't help but to think that, uh, you know, we're, what we're offering here, what we're building here is opportunity for deliberate practice with expert coaching, right? And for, for myself, like just to be super transparent, um, this all kind of started by surrounding myself with people like yourself, Carl, and Mary B and Katie and Fanzo and Coach B and Darnell. Um, all of you have very unique uh, either skill sets or experience that I can learn and grow from. And so I constantly surround myself with you guys. And um, this opportunity and Darnell does a, does a daily you know, mindfulness meditation. And for me, that's an opportunity for deliberate practice with expert coaching. Right. And that's kind of how I've always, I've always kind of viewed the world. Um, 
especially as a coach trying to offer um, offer guidance to the next gem is, you know, I've seen players all the time, you, hockey players, soccer players, basketball players, it doesn't really matter. You know, they can go out and they can, you know, they can think that they're practicing, but uh, it might not be as deliberate or as intentional as coach B would say, you know, like to go train with intention versus just training. It's a totally different, it's a totally different process and the results will, will vary based on that level of intention. And so um, having this, this consistent practice with mentorship of this expert coaching, um, it's something that I personally have grown and <laughs> it's crazy, but every single week, you know, even these Monday sessions, I always learn something, whether it's from Coach B or from you, Carl, or from, from Mary Beth or Fanzo, um, you know, and, and you guys are all putting out your own content. Uh, for me, this is just the cherry on top. This is an opportunity for, for me to pop up here, get questions answered, um, to learn new perspectives, learn from your experiences. Uh, so for me, it, it really doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> it's actually crazy to think that we have all these great minds um, channeled into one singular brand and one singular space to learn from. And uh, it, it truly is really special. Uh, I view it as extremely special. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to join this with you, Carl. Like you said, get this out there, get in front of more people because um, I, I don't view this as a, we need to get out there and market. I kind of view this as this is something that could really change people's lives and uh, it could really provide better quality of life. And it's through some of these deliberate practices and um, I'm just, I'm feeling fortunate and grateful enough to be surrounded by everybody here, but um, yeah, I appreciate you, Carl. And, and like I said, I love that story about Steve Jobs. I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple, but, uh, but having those intentions behind his business and their why it's so impactful. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be building this with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for including us in the process. I mean, I remember how this started. <laughs> you, you actually uh, hired me. <laughs> to to coach you and I remember we were maybe like five sessions in and you started talking about NFTs and I was like hey can we can we put a a pin in that for a second I would love to talk to you about that outside of our sessions here because I'm very interested in the space and uh, I mean that's how we that's how we got started which is so crazy it really is and um, you know I think it was uh, it was such great alignment I think you know between you starting to to talk on a little bit of financial freedom, and uh, and definitely share some some uh, I would say some technologies with people that were in your in your community with uh, I think you were you were accepting Bitcoin right, Carl? Yeah, yeah. I was, some of I your was accept, services. And... I was, I was, I, and I still am uh, accepting Bitcoin and and ETH, uh, and I think I was actually accepting Doge at the time too. <laughs> so I, I was doing the whole That's thing. Awesome. <laughs> I I just wanted to see what could happen, and I, I just set you know set this goal. Uh, I just wanted to have one Bitcoin, you know, just I, that was my goal. I want to get to one Bitcoin and and uh, see if I could get there. And I was also wondering if people would genuinely uh, want to utilize uh, crypto as a way of transacting value. And I've realized that it's been much harder to do than I than I thought, but it's because we're missing this educational piece. And I think uh, Fanzo, this is where Fanzo just shines is, uh, I mean, it's use case after use case after use case and example after example after example as to why this can be such a viable option is going to be a viable option. That it's a no brainer to be invested in this process at this moment. And uh, we would be silly. We would be silly not to educate ourselves on this. I mean, we just go through the headlines on finances. There's not one day that crypto isn't mentioned. Uh, there, <laughs> you just you just can't escape it. And although I'm a complete noob uh, in the field, and I am definitely somebody who's just learning about finances and personal finances and uh, building wealth, uh, this is an opportunity for that. And what I do know is that the healthier I am, the wealthier I become. And this is a mind, spirit, body. And if the Web three space is going to be my vehicle for, for moving towards that. And at the same time, I can deploy that which I am relatively competent in, in a way that attracts people who uh, know more than I do and can guide me. I, I feel like that is truly winning. And 
my experience with meta athletes has really been that meta athletes has actually been my um my education on the crypto space and nft space and now allowed me to see other projects with different eyes i'm i'm jumping into spaces and although i don't speak much i i i have been listening and i can now see where the trends are going and uh this we have an uphill battle with meta athletes i can, I can tell you that i believe we have a, a, a an uphill battle with meta athletes because we're not tapping into the the hype as much as other projects are and we're not tapping into the headlines we're not creating the headlines just yet but we'll get there and i can't wait for mary b to to share what her reflections are on this but i'm excited to go through this journey and uh let's see let's see what mary b has to sh share because I, i'm sure i'm sure you have something here well I, hey thank you carl i um i love that it's meta athletes isn't hype focus you know what I mean? And um, I that attracts me. Um, I think there's something with intention and with um, intentional like mission and values when those are established, you know, up front. I think it brings like a really unique journey for, you know, anyone, um, even an, an, an NFT community. Um, the one like, I'm trying to think of it like, if meta athletes were, you know, more direct marketing, super hype, I don't know if I'd be as attracted to it or at, like, I, I don't know. If, it wouldn't be the same because I like, I feel that meta athletes, I've said this so many times before, it's like my safe space. You know what I mean? Like I actually do like saying this out loud. I feel kind of cheesy, but like, I feel like I'm you know, learning a little and growing a little and connecting more. And, and I just, there's some, uh, there are areas of quality that I really appreciate about it. And so, um, I actually think, I mean, perhaps it could, it's an uphill battle, but I think it's like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I agree with that, Mary Beth. And the one thing I want to add to that on the, on the topic of like a hype project, what comes to mind for me is something that's extremely short term um, where there's there might be, you know, opportunities to flip. Um, but really, it's it's an opportunity for a very small set of people to kind of win. Right. That's kind of how I view it. Um, a lot of these projects, especially over the last year that were, you know, and we've we've researched a ton of projects. We've seen a ton of projects and just being in the space, you kind of see it and you should learn from it. Um, you can open up a, an account and realize, you know, this account is maybe like 3% real or 10% real at most um, when it comes to their following and their audience. And um, yeah, it, it definitely is a, a game of, you know, fake hype that turns into real hype. But even that whole, the whole methodology, the whole process, um, in my opinion, 99% of the time is, is very short term. Um, you know, there's only a few brands. And, and when I think of hype, I also think of like just luxury brands in general, like Gucci or Rolex. Um, these these brands, uh, I think, are status. They're they're generated by hype. Um, there is quality behind some of these brands. But, um, you know, I don't know if it if it justifies the price point for a lot of these items. Uh, that's kind of how I view like Ford Apes. Like Ford Apes, of course, it's, it's a it's it's an OG project. It's one of the first. It's one of the big communities, um, but it's it's definitely status. And um, when you look around, there's a lot of projects that are worth you know anywhere from 0.5 to two ETH that have absolutely no utility. Which if people feel like they're they're gaining in terms of community or networking, or they genuinely love the IP and the art, um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think uh, yeah. What resonates with me with what you just said essentially, you know, states that we're building something that's long term, that's of high value, and um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're not that hype. I'm glad that we're not associated with uh, with being a short term project. Um, that might not be for everybody, but that's kind of how I view things. I kind of view things as okay, this account just started 17 days ago and has 54,000 followers. Uh, there's going to be an opportunity for people to to you know mint really cheap or buy low and, and be able to sell high when when hype is at its fullest. Um, but that's just not how we. It's not how the founders of this project and the team here um, 
wanted to be perceived or, or even wanting to launch that way. So um, I appreciate what you're saying about that. And uh, yeah, those are just a few of my thoughts on, on the whole, the whole hype scene of, of NFTs, which uh, Carl, I'm sure you're, you're starting to see more and more of as you're on Twitter. I, can, may I add, I also think that um, um, as you were saying that, like in terms of hype, right. Uh, and this goes not just for NFT projects, but even, you know, for any business or brand in general, um, it's actually harder. To, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's hard to maintain, you know, even as an individual, right? When you, um, you know, buy into whatever, some kind of lifestyle hype, it's, I, I like, I've, I've experienced that myself. Okay. So I, I, there are points in my life where I bought into um, lifestyle mentality A. Right. And and part of that had to do with like the way I talked and what I wore or drove or something like that. And like, it's dope. Don't get me wrong. But it's there's always been a battle between maintaining that. And then like, when is my mind OK? Do you get what I'm saying? Like when like how am where is my inner peace slash um, it's it's tough when when like you're you're conducting a mission and you haven't even identified what your real you know purpose is you know what i mean yeah well said mary v that that was awesome it's this is how i feel about it um nothing against weddings but anytime i'm invited to a wedding i'm like damn wedding now (laughs) now i have to wear something and of course i can just wear a suit whatever but you you start to think about what you're gonna wear, and now you're 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 starting to cater to what are potentially what are people potentially gonna think, what is gonna feel good on me, and then you get into this uh, state of being that is kind of like a caricature of yourself. And although that can be fun, and there can be a ritual around it, and I think that's beautiful, uh, it can also uh, get you lost or to feel lost and to be like, can't wait to get out of these shoes. Uh, this is super uncomfortable, and and you start to really question uh, how 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 silly are we really as human beings? <laughs> this is so strange. Why, that's why do I have totally to what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, it's that's strange. That's, like wedding. That's such a great example. Like I I got married a year ago, and I you know especially with women planning weddings, right? Best dress, best venue. It's all about the Instagram pictures. Like I get that. You know what I mean. But I made a point, okay, like two months before my wedding, I go, no one is barging into my inner peace. And I was just like, you know what? It's not even about like serving this this or that for food. I'm going to, if I think um, certain beefs and rice and plantains go on the menu, that's what goes on the menu because it freaking tastes good to me. Do you know what I mean? Instead of just like um, appeasing to some expected image and it's like, it just, it's more freeing that way. And then I just felt like, okay, this is like, it, it feels good that way. The intention behind that was to, um, enjoy, do you know what I mean? And just like, just, just be instead of carrying some kind of facade to for, for that, the moments outside of the wedding that didn't really matter, i.e., you know, the photo ops and, and, you know, and when it comes down to it, like, why would I want to do that anyway? Is it because I want people to talk about it forever? Is it because I want proof of this online? Is it because of this, this and that? But that just totally, you know, conflicted with, you know, my inner peace and my mission and my, my purpose for that very day. I'm so happy you brought up weddings. Thank you, Carl. Pardon the interruption. No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I'm so, so much with you. You know, I think it was in 2009 or 2008, maybe it was 2009. Anyways, I was on a work trip to Miami. I was working with a sponsor uh, of mine who they, they had a supplement company and I had just signed this deal and I was like super excited about it. And, uh, uh, I was in Miami Beach, and there were a lot of fancy people, and they put me up in a fancy hotel, and everybody was kind of, you know, walking around with their cuffs up a little bit higher just so that Rolex could show, and, like, the shoes were there. Like, everything was just on point, and I remember sitting there, you know, in my sneakers, uh, just 
uh, gym dude uh, <laughs> in Miami. And um, the owners of the company came in and we're just having a coffee. And they they pull up in some nice car. And I was like, oh, nice car. And uh, uh, whatever, we were talking about the car. And they're like, oh, what do you drive? And I said, uh, Toyota Camry hybrid. <laughs> you know, and I remember them just being like silent. <laughs> Toyota Camry hybrid. And uh, I thought they were just, you know, whatever, going to laugh or say something just like a joke or something just because they were driving a nice car. And I was driving, you know, 2008's best Toyota Camry. Uh, <laughs> and And one of the guys actually looked at me and dead serious said, don't ever show up in a Camry when you're with us. And I, I thought I thought he was joking, uh, but he wasn't. He was dead serious. And it was all about appearing to uh, live uh, with a certain status that in knowing them, none of them could even afford the cars that they were driving. It was it was completely just out of their league. And I, and I thought to myself, why are we playing this game that is so uncomfortable and so superficial? And I get it. I like cars, too. It's cool. In fact, I live next to this place called the Candy Shop, and it's a it's a fancy uh, car shop. Everybody owns uh, cars from former celebrities or whatever, and they pull up in crazy cars. And uh, you just realize when, when the people are out there and talking to each other, they, they know that they're playing the game. And there's two types. There are the types that know that they're playing the game and they just are playful with it. And then there are the ones that they subconsciously know that they're playing the game, but they take it a little bit too serious. And and it's that click off that I think uh, is kind of felt sometimes in the NFT space. And I just think we're able to change that. And that doesn't mean we can't make a lot of money. It doesn't mean we can't be wealthy. It doesn't mean we can't have access to all these wonderful experiences and and spend time on a river fishing trout, you know, whatever it is, uh, because we can afford it. Uh, it doesn't mean we can't fly private once in a while. It doesn't mean we can't do all these things uh, someday. But why, why take things to the point where they become uncomfortable, they become superficial? And I think that's what it what it's all about when it comes to utility in the NFT space. And I would love to hear what people think. Maybe I'm just uh, uh, delusional and, and a dreamer, but I would love to hear what somebody like Danzo thinks. What do you think, Danzo? Well, I'm I'm not sure. If he, did he just not hear the hybrid part? Was that the problem? Like he didn't realize the. You know, was, uh, I mean, <laughs> he didn't realize, I mean, man. I mean, you got to emphasize that. Um, well, you know, well, I appreciate the kind words earlier. I, you know, I was thinking. You know, like, I, unfortunately, I don't think that is, like, solved in this NFT space, right? Because I think there is, it's actually funny, the very first episode of my podcast, right? So 250, whatever it is, 250 days ago um, from today, um, episode zero is, or I guess it's episode one, technically. The title was something like, no board ape, no crypto punk. Um, I have no reason for you to listen to me in this space. And the reason I made that like episode one, which looking back, I'm like, that was probably not the greatest episode one decision I could have ever made. But it was it was like based on coming out of NFT NYC. And there is, you know, like I've been in the influencer game now for a long while. Right. And, and like the idea of flexing on like how many followers you have is to me always been like the big, the the funniest thing ever. Right. Because it's like like anyone can see below a follower. And, and I think in the NFT space, the thing that I think is so interesting in that flex scenario is that there's a difference between someone that you're like, wow, I'm a, I want to trust their advice because they bought in early on a project. They understood the utility. They held it when others didn't hold it and they're still holding it now. Versus like if someone shows up into a room with a, you know, a board ape and they bought that board ape two months ago, and that was their first NFT purchase, one could argue they're an idiot because they bought it at the height of a project where they paid out the ass for something that they didn't know anything about it, right? Like, so like in the weirdest of ways, much like a car, right? Like I, I used to joke, you know, I, my first job out of college was, you know, delivering UPS. So I wore the brown short shorts and delivered packages and in, in right outside Washington, D.C. And, and I would laugh because I got to deliver packages like on my route 
was Daniel Snyder, the, the C billionaire CEO of uh, owner of the Washington Redskins. And, you know, his house, his neighborhood, you know, it was, it was ridiculous, right? It was this ginormous, uh, you know, you know, place in, in Northern Virginia. And, you know, rightfully so there was nice vehicles, nice, you know, uh, area. But I remember there was also this, like this row of like, I wouldn't even say rundown, but townhouses that were much older. And in that little area, there was multiple Lambos and multiple Range Rovers that I remember. But I remember driving down there, you know, I'm a new college kid. And I was like, wait a second, like, how, how does that work? Right? Like the person that like is driving out of their, their nice house in that nice neighborhood that is a billionaire right, or in a multimillionaire, um, you know, versus like, you know, if, if we see that on the side of the road, right, it's like the flex of like, well, I decided to buy this asset that is depreciating the second I drive it off of the lot and, um, you know, have a loan out the ass versus, so like in, in a weird way, like, I think, I think that in this world, in this NFT world, because the transparency does exist, right? Like, and, and, and I will say, I've been guilty of it whenever, when I feel someone is flexing based on the NFT they have, I click on that NFT and I go figure out like, did they buy it on the low? Did they just buy it the other day? Did they overpay for it? Like, and in a way, like I'm not doing it to like undermine them. But I, I'm trying to validate, like, where are they getting that, like, um, that approach from, right? And so that's why, like, episode one of my podcast is literally, like, me just leveling setting with people and, like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, buy a pro, uh, an NFT to make you believe that I'm trustworthy. I'm going to show up every day for a freaking year and share this journey with you. And then you're going to trust me because of that. And, like, I look at that as, a, as another layer in this kind of game. But I do feel like there is sometimes in the other version of the world, like we can see that Lambo drive by us and we're like, man, they're making all the decisions in life. I wish that was me. When little do they know they're going back to somewhere that they can't afford, they can't afford the, the amount on that car either, right? So I think that that part of it, I think is still, you know, I think still unfortunately is a layer within Web3, but it will be interesting how transparency within like where people buy something, how they get something, um, It'll be interesting how that kind of rears its head. Because I think in the influencer space, like just to put it out there, like I love the influencer space where we put receipts on the table, right? Like don't consider me an influencer until you see the amount of actions that I create with the content that I do for the brands I work with, right? Like, and I, and I will say like, I, like the flex that I have is like, you know, when, I, when Adobe hired me the very first time, I was the only person with under a half a million followers. And yet I was also the first person to generate $50,000 in business. And I've taken that to me as like, a, I wear that with a badge of honor because I was like, they did it right. They hired me. They knew that I had influence over with, you know, like it was the right product, the right time. I could create content on the topic versus someone that had a much larger following, but their audience didn't have that same level of trust or would, you know, you know, actually take action, which, you know, is where true influence comes in. But I think this is, it's such an interesting um, subsection, because I think we could probably even argue, you know, back to, you know, the before the internet times, before fast cars times, right? There were plenty of people that would, you know, based on the watch or the briefcase, or like my dad would always tell me, like, son, you don't deserve to sit in first class if you're not wearing a suit. And I would reply back, dad, I'm sitting in first class because I've made decisions in my life that allow me to choose what the hell I want to wear when I want to wear it. Like, I, I looked at it the other way versus my dad was like, only first class people, you know, you have to wear a suit. And I was like, that's that mentality that because I don't have a suit on, you don't believe I can afford that first class seat. But like, I, I'm, I, I do it the other way. So it's a, it's an interesting like kind of cross section. And, and I, I, you know, I, I guess I do hope uh, in the longer run or in the bigger you know, macro picture that we, we do go deeper than that. And we understand that it's not, not about like what that, uh, you know, how much someone bought that for, but rather like how enriching is your life based on the NFT that you bought, right? Like, I would much rather someone tell me, Brian, this NFT I bought, you know, the floor is now, you know, way lower than what I bought it for, but it changed my life. I was able to get my health right, or I was able to figure out how to be a better dad, or like that to me, that's the flex. Like bring that to my table. Like, let me see that and I'll amplify the hell out of it. But I, I for one, I think we definitely have to find ways to kind of, you know, cut through the, the, the BS, unfortunately, still in Web3. So Carl, as much as I would love to say NFTs and Web3 solve that, uh, I think we still got that here playing in this world too. Totally, and I, and I, and I think that's maybe we can be a part of of uh, of solving that and changing the stereotype, and uh, and and bringing something special to the table. I was just thinking about the flying thing. I, I'm I'm old enough 
to to say that I lived through a time where you would actually put a suit on to fly somewhere. <laughs> so kind of, when I was a kid in Europe, you would you would put a suit on with a tie to fly somewhere, which is totally ridiculous now that I think about it. But that's how it was, and uh, it, it, completely different world. So um, yeah, times change, uh, we change, uh, environments change. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. And I think the Web3 space can be a place for us to do that. And something that I was thinking about as you were speaking about this, it's not about what you're wearing or what you're carrying, but it's how you show up. And there's ways of showing up that I think um, athletes especially have. There's a level of confidence of just knowing uh, team spirit, uh, a connection there. And I think if we can develop that amongst each other, we're, we're going to do something pretty special in this space. Well, I think that's how, so I heard um, it being said in this space a couple times already, you know, we can change the game, but I don't even think that changing the game, um, you know, has to be like an actual mission, I guess you could say, because instead of changing the game, just keep on doing what you're doing, because I think, you know, like, so if do you think about it, like the we have some of the coolest people in this community, right. And meta athletes, like just, you know, people who have stumbled across the project and are now part of the community and dedicated to it. And, you know, professionals from the sports industry, whether athlete or, you know, a job or something like that. And then fans, right. Because we all have this, you know, common um, love language, I guess you could say. And, I think that in itself, um, like it's, that's organically what is, uh, building, right. The value. Like, I think the people who have come on board, like uh, bring the value and then create more together. Um, and, and when, when Fanzo was talking about influencers stuff, like, like, first of all, what's an influencer, right? You know, anyone that can have any type of impact, negative or positive, right? That influences an action or something from, you know, evokes it from someone else. And so I, um, I'm also like, when I'm in a room with influencers, I get super intimidated. I was like, Oh, and they have this check mark, but everyone has bigger audiences than I do. Do you know what I mean? But I think like, like, so the I guess the consumers in the NFT space have have given, you know, certain NFT projects, um, you know, they've determined what the value is. And so, you know, just by um, their reactions to it, whether or not they buy it, whether or not they buy another one or sell it or fund it, whatever. But there's something about meta athletes where um, the people it's like it's not even about the NFTs. It's just about the value and building and creating more value in a, like a network of people. So I just had to throw that out there. Thanks, Mary B. Yeah, I think, um, fans, I know you got to jump a little bit and we'll come join you over on the, uh, on, on alpha Mondays, but, uh, Carl, Coach B, Mary B, Katie, I don't know if we all want to leave with like maybe one or two things, um, uh, of how maybe people could kind of step into embodying the, the win at life uh, motto. Um, for me, I'll kind of just quickly start because this one's kind of been uh, kind of just, I, I've been thinking about it today. And uh, Carl, you kind of really reminded me when it comes to journaling. Um, you know, I think being able to even um, reflect and have that self-reflection is, is super important to be able to write it down, but also um, for me, I've always been somebody that, um, not only goal oriented, but uh, Carl, you probably know this too, but when, when I was working with Charlie, every single win that he had in his life and he had the biggest wins, like massive wins in his life from winning Grammys to, you know, selling out clothing lines for millions of dollars. It always started as, uh, something that he wrote down. And uh, even prior to that, he's always had this, I mean, you've heard this before, Carl, but the, the winning streak and the winning streak had always hit me so hard and uh, it always starts in my head first. Right. And so it's like, it starts in your head. 
you write it down and when you write it, there's some type of magical connection there with, uh, with the way that you're able to keep it top of mind. And then, um, and then ultimately, you know, a lot of people call it manifestation, manifestation, uh, or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it's always just been like, there's something magical in thinking it and then writing down what you're thinking. And so, uh, winning at life for me has always started with, uh, just having this thought and then taking that thought and, and documenting it somewhere. And, um, I wish I'm going to have to go find, I have it in, in my storage somewhere, but, um, Charlie, Charlie rocket had this huge, this huge, like leather bound dream book. And it's probably like almost two feet tall and almost uh, a foot wide. And, uh, he, it was like in the thickest paper and he would always carry this dream book with him wherever he went. He was traveling. It was his carry on. And, um, he always has it with him and he, he fills up these pages with, uh, with his dreams essentially. And, um, for me, it was so impactful to see somebody who, uh, had everything well documented before it actually came to fruition. And, uh, for him, this winning streak has always started, whether it was like finding the parking space, whether it was the green light and, and never hitting a red light, whether it was finding speaking engagements, uh, winning streaks has always started in his brain first. And for me, that's, that's the most impactful part of, of winning at life is to first kind of envision it and then, and then record it somewhere. And there's something magical about that. Um, but uh, coach B, I'll kind of kick it over to you if you have anything or, uh, where maybe, uh, people can start. Yeah, I love that one. And it, it was, I think it was like in my high school yearbook, but whatever man can conceive, man can achieve is a quote by Jules Verne that I, I've always kind of lived by, but you got to believe it and you have to think it, it, anything that you want, if you want something bad in life, like you got to think about it first and then you got to start to work for it, put action. But um, I think one of the big things I was thinking about when I was listening to you is it, and I, one thing that I preach and the non-negotiable that we have with all of our athletes, it's, it's accountability. And I think that's first and foremost is being accountable to yourself for whatever it is that you want to achieve. If you want to win, you've got to be able to hold yourself to a certain standard. You have to be able to hold yourself responsible for the actions that you decide to take. And along those lines, you, have, you need to have some ownership. You need to have some ownership of the process of whatever it is that you want to achieve. If you say you want to do something, I will help you do it. But you yourself, like you have to make that conscious decision of being be willing to maybe do some things that are quite uncomfortable and do some things that are going to be a little bit more cha challenging, but you have to hold yourself to that standard. So I, I think that's probably one big thing that I live by is if you say you're going to do something, let's go do it. But you have to hold yourself accountable. And I, as your coach, will help you along that journey. Right? Don't tell me you want to do something, you're not willing to put forth the effort or take forth the right steps. Um, so I think accountability is a, a key one to, to anything that you want to try to accomplish. I'll go next. Um, I think hey, this has been an awesome space and thank you everyone for attending and um, just for having me, having me up here as always. Um, so winning at life, I think, no, not, I think I know for me, winning at life means, um, accepting what was the word I was going to use? Oh, winning at life for me is a choice. Okay. So I can, I can define what I want is a win. You know what I mean? Like, yes, when I was living in LA, not getting a parking ticket after looking for parking is a win, you know? And I think we can, uh, we can allow ourselves to have wins, you know, with work or sports or whatever we want. Um, you know, if, we might have goals, like, right, we look for these outcomes, but um, I think to consider, we should also consider the objective. So, like, what is that? Apart from our the goal, the outcome that we want, um, what is it that we want to accomplish along the way? You know, is it to learn this? Is it to grow in that? And, you know, even accomplishing an objective, right, or kind of meeting the objective on the way to the goal is also a win. So thank you. That was awesome. Well, win. Win, win, win. Um, this is the first thing that comes up for me. What's important now? The acronym. What's important now? And I think that's when you can operate from that place, I think that's when you, you start to win. You start to prioritize things. And um, uh, I wish I had made that acronym up, but uh, somebody else who's smarter than I did. But it's a good one. It's uh, it's something to to work with, and uh, I think if we can 
uh, continue to live in a state of presence in the moment and realize what is important to us in this moment, we can model a behavior that allows for others to do the same. And and I think if we continue to do that, uh, yeah, we'll be winning. And it will produce, uh, the byproduct will be whatever it is that we need. And I think I'm excited to continue to see that uh, panning out. Awesome. Thank you, Carl. Kitty, I don't know if you're here and you wanted to chime in right before it popped off. Sure, I'll chime in really fast, but I don't know how I can top that up off, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's everything. And I, it, it, whether it's for business or for personal, I mean, what's important now? I mean, like, and in and, and our, our back chat here, Coach B just, you know, was, was preaching that too. I think that that's, that's everything. And I, I've never heard it before. And I grew up playing sports. Like, I played sports through college. How have I never heard that, Carl? Um, but it really changes how you want to approach your day-to-day life. Like, is family important? You know, is, is, you know, growing your business important? Is getting your mindset right important? What's important now? And it will help you win at life. So, mic drop, Carl. Well done. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Katie. And uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. Um, this was uh, MedMind with MedAthletes. It happens every single Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, I think that's going to conclude. Fanzo, I think, is jumping over to another space. Um, And so, you know, I'm going to go support him over there on on Alpha Mondays. um, And and I would invite anybody else to come join us. But otherwise, thank you for all the the coaches. Uh, Mary B, thank you for coming up. And and Katie, thanks for hosting this. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.